Spotlight series focuses on people and programs making a difference in their communities across Montana. These are in-depth conversations about recovery and human connection. Join us in this intimate journey as we bring stories of recovery to life. Hi, I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director of Montana's Peer Network, and I want to welcome you to another podcast, this being our uh, special Spotlight series. And in this podcast, I'm here today sitting down with Don Roberts from Ronan. Don, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jim. Uh, you know, this is a, a new series that we're, we're rolling out here in 2018, and I'm really excited to talk with you, Don, really, because... I feel like we, we haven't really talked. I know you've emailed quite a bit, but since you went through training, the PS 101, um, it's, it's been a while. And so it's nice to actually get to talk to you and chit chat. And um, yeah, it just, it's, it's nice to be able to do that with you. Same with you. You know, I, I think, um, you know, from the, from the training and our conversations and then through our emails, I think the best place for us to start and let people get to know you is uh, by starting to talk about the Never Alone Drop-In Center in Ronan. So uh, tell us, what, tell us first off, what this is and, and where this is. Okay. The Never Alone Recovery Hall is what we named it. And it's located at 309B Main Street in Ronan. And we're open seven nights a week from six to eight. Uh, there's some some differences. We're it's from five to eight on Fridays because we're doing a couple of different things, and from eight to ten on Saturdays. Or excuse me, I got that backwards. Eight to ten on Saturdays, and five to eight on. Uh, yeah. I did get that backwards. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Start over again. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. So on, on Fridays, we have a Red Road Recovery Group, mm -hmm. and it meets from 8 to, or from, yeah, from 8 to 10. We do a meeting, and then we do some powwow drumming after that. And so on Saturdays, we have a step study group that meets there at 5, and then a regular group that meets there at 6. So it's open different hours the rest of the week. Is open from six to eight every night. Very nice. And uh, how did you how did you come up with the the groups? Which groups you were going to do? Um, I talked to people. I asked I asked them people what they wanted to do. I put a whiteboard up on the wall, and people wrote down some stuff they were interested in. I wrote down some stuff I was interested in. Um, it, it turns out. We've been doing this since since the very beginning of October. So in the last five months, we've kind of learned that people res respond more, show up more when there's an actual group going on than just like open doors. Right. Uh, right. So we kept we kept Sunday as just open doors. So we're in there doing arts and crafts, and I, there's a bunch of supplies in there, and listening to music and playing cards and that kind of thing. And some people show up to that. Uh, but generally, during the week, if we just have those open nights, people don't show up. Hmm. Interesting. So we set up groups. Uh, Monday, 
is a woman's group, women only. And the women just love that. And it's got all the groups, except for the, we have a Narcotics Anonymous group on Wednesdays. And it's around 20 people, regular people that show up. All the other groups are somewhere, depending on the night, between seven and, or between five and nine people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women's group is probably the second biggest after the NA one. Hmm. And then Tuesday night, we do a smart recovery meeting, which nice. people people wanted people wanted something outside of a 12-step program, you know, an alternative. Right, right. right. So me and one other person went and got our facilitator training and smart, and we started that smart meeting. Um, Thursday night or Wednesday, we have that NA. Uh, Thursday night, we have our early recovery skills group. For you know, people new to recovery to just come in and we just share early recovery skills with them, and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing a little bit of I got my rap facilitator training too, so we're gonna start doing a little bit of rap stuff nice. in there. Nice, nice. Uh, then Friday night we do the Red Road meeting and the drumming. Then Saturday night is changing right now. I I think we're gonna take one group out and we're gonna replace it with the mental health. Uh, support group okay for people because there's a lot of people that have co-occurring stuff going on mm-hmm. and this would give them a platform to talk about that kind of stuff in their lives and then we're going to leave sunday night alone because um, there are a group of people that really like just coming in and hanging out and playing games and yeah they want to keep that night so that's kind of our it's kind of our schedule um at some point someday i you know i'd like to have the open doors all the time I know a lot of people in the groups have come to me and say, hey, man, this is really changing my life. You know, this this opportunity to have a safe place to be because a lot of people yep. still live in places where people are still using and they just need to be somewhere else. Right. And so my goal is, you know, someday when, you know, I, I'm a busy guy and people are busy, so we haven't figured out how to how to make that happen yet, but we're working on it. Well, man, that is, that's, it's fantastic. And, uh, uh, my, you know, my, my peer support work started with building a drop-in center. And so as you're, you were going through the days and the hours and the groups, I was just like, oh man, it's like, I love it. It's awesome. Um, you know, that, that's where I started. I started doing peer support work in, in 2008 here in Livingston and, uh, started a drop-in center and I too, had a smart recovery group. There was a woman here in town. Um, as soon as we opened our doors, we were like you. We only were open a couple hours. And um, and she came to me right away and she said, hey, you know, do you know about this this smart program, you know? And and at first I was like, no, I'm like, I never, I never heard of it. And then the more we started talking, I said, I said, it sounds an awful lot like rational recovery. And she said, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. She said, Yeah, it, it is. It's like an offshoot of rational recovery. And I had gone to rational recovery early in my in my own recovery journey. Yeah. And so I so I was very familiar with it, you know. And I said, Yeah, yeah, come in, come in. And you know, yeah, I want to do smart in there because the same thing you said, right? People come to you and they say, I want something that's non-twelve step, right? I think smart is a is a good alternative to that, and I like that smart uses uh, the CBT cognitive behavioral therapy 
which which often ties back into a person's individual counseling they might be going to. I know it did for me uh, when I started out. So it was nice. I could go to therapy and get CBT, and then I could go to a support group in the evening, and they were talking the same language. You find yeah. that? Yeah, for sure. In my own recovery, I used a lot of CBT stuff, especially early on. I had a whole lot of thinking errors and irrational belief systems that I had to work out and change, and and it really made it really made a difference in my life. And the twelve step programs aren't the platform to come and share that information with people. So right, needed a different platform. Yeah, yeah. So, t- so tell me about the early recovery skills group. That's that's awesome. That's that's great. Well, with drug court, we're using. Oh, I don't know if you mentioned, probably mentioned in a different conversation with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm working as a as an addiction counselor intern with the drug court here, and in drug court, we're using the matrix model. And one of the groups in the matrix model is early recovery skills, and so I just. Because I'm running these groups, I just transferred that one over to this peer drop-in center because it's one group where people from the drug court can come interact with other people in the recovery community. And so we have some people in that early recovery skills group that have some good recovery time Mm -hmm. and can come in and share, you know, what they did and the problems they ran into in recovery and, you know, share this with the people that are brand new in in recovery and so we got a we got a pretty mixed bag in that group of of people that have been doing this a little while and people brand new and people in between. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that that's how that evolved. That's great. And and you know you said something right there at the beginning that that I didn't say. The Never Alone Recovery Hall is a peer drop-in center. Yes. Right. It's not a treatment yep. program. It's a peer drop-in center. We need to make that clear to people, and that uh, that's that's awesome, and 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 so that's a great segue kind of into uh, I wanted to talk about recovery and how how did you get here? How did how did you get here? I mean, I remember when you sent me that email and you attached the flyer to it, and you know, I opened it up and I went, "Oh man, this is awesome!" And I looked at it and I was like, "This is so cool!" And you know. How how did you get to that place? How did you get to in your own life's journey? Um, did you ever think? Did you ever think, Don, one day you'd be running a recovery hall, a peer-run recovery hall? Uh, n- not until the last couple of years. Um, all right, so let me let me tell you the journey. It's it got sparked by going down and doing your training down there, um, Lori Pope who is part of part of the peer recovery mm-hmm. movement down in, in Missoula yeah told told me about your training and it was coming to Missoula and that a grant had paid for it and I was like cool sounds right up my alley you know and that was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and I went down there and I did that training and it just it sparked a passion in me I was like yes this is exactly what we need up here on the reservation you know because we don't we have hardly anything recovery-wise going on up here on the reservation, especially at that point. Um, The only thing, the only thing happening that people could go to was AA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, that really sparked my interest. And I was going to school for, for addiction counseling and social work. 
anyway, for the last couple of years, and I started writing papers and doing research and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. William White, William White papers are yeah. fantastic. I've, yeah. I've used them in a lot of the stuff I've done. Um, so we have an organization up here, an agency called Sunburst, and I and Sunburst has the village up in Kalispell, mm-hmm. which is a pure drop-in center, but it's attached to an agency. Mm-hmm. And and they were talking about maybe opening one down here. And so I went to the owner. I know the I knew the owner. I said, hey, if you are going to do this, let me go up and shadow Joss up there and mm-hmm. figure out how, you know, watch how he's doing it. Let me run this place down here. Yeah. So this is, this is what I, you know, am into. I love this idea. And she said, yeah, absolutely. And they hired me on and, and they hired me on into the capacity of a, of a case manager, which I found out that I definitely don't want to do that for a living. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? That's <laughs> a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. That's a whole nother deal. Um, so, but anyway, it turns out they didn't get grant money, so they didn't do that. So I, I, I left and I left under good terms. Um, and, and went into the drug court thing because I needed to fill my LAC hours. But so there's been this this uh, fire in me to do something like this for a long time. And finally, our NA, our local NA group, which we started a couple of local NA groups in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, needed, a, needed a new place to meet. Mm-hmm. And and so I was like, man, if I could just get a building for all of this stuff that I'm thinking, yeah, then then we can you know start a drop-in center. So I put to put together a plan, backed it up with some research, and and I just went out into the community. We have a bunch of empty storefronts in Ronan. Mm-hmm. I just went out into the community and started asking, with you know, I had this plan in hand. This is what I want to do. And the second person that I talked to was like, yeah, let's do it. Wow, and uh, so and she so she gave me the building for really cheap rent. Uh, that I went around to the community and asked for chairs and asked for tables and got a refrigerator and microwave and you know what I mean everything we needed. Uh, and the community donated it all. The community just stepped up and said, "Wow, yeah, we, we need this in our community." And, uh, and you know it was it was beautiful. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is what community action looks like and, right. and help can help our community." And so it all came together, and and uh, we kind of just have are learning as we go, and right. have, went, have went from there. That's Don, man. That that's it, it's it, it it's incredible, really. I mean, it really is because you, you said it right at the end. Community action, right, is recognizing, hey, my community needs this, and and I can make this happen. I can put I can put forth some effort and I can get some other partners and they can help this happen and boom like you're doing it this person in recovery going out and making a difference I love it I love it I mean that's what we're all about Montana's Peer Network that's really what we're all about is we hope we inspire people just like this to go do these things because um, you know best in your community what it needs yeah not me in Livingston I don't know you know though right. Uh, yeah, it's... And, and that's one thing that's been really important in our in our groups too is, you know, I, I sat down with with a bunch of us and I said, I don't want this to be a dawn thing. Right. I want this. I want this to be an us thing, an our community thing, and let it grow organically into what it wants to become. 
That's great. And, 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 you know, people really responded to that and yes. they came up with all the ideas that they came up with. Of what, what do we want to do with this place? Right. Right. When you and get, I, when, and I, and I yeah. help them to commit to the place. Yes. That, that exactly what I was just going to say, what I found when I started the drop and sorry, I did the same thing. So it was like, I'm not going to make the rules. I'm not going to decide what's in here. I'm going to pick a couple things and we're going to get it going, but then the people who come in are going to decide, Yeah, you know, and, and for the entire time I ran that place for three years before uh, starting Montana's Peer Network, and that was how it ran. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have to sit down and make a bunch of rule manuals and decide this and that, and no, it's like if you're coming in, you decide what the program's going to look like because you live in this community. What do you need? What are your needs? Uh, I love the idea of drop-in centers. I really do because you can help such a broad spectrum of people, right? I'm sure you're seeing this in your program, different people coming in with all kinds of different issues. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, it really is. I think our system, um, you know, this is one of the frustrations that I have with our system is that it's so segregated. It's like, you know, what's wrong with you? Oh, oh, this is what's wrong with you? Okay, we're going to put you over here. Oh, 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 next person? This is what's wrong with you? Well, we're going to put you over there. And, and we don't allow people to make choices, have a voice, and we don't allow people to come together. Even though they have different challenges, people can come together and they can find commonality. And the commonality for people like you and me, it's recovery, Right. Yeah. And, and this experience that can happen in a drop-in center, I mean, I saw it, it's, uh, uh, you know, just time and time again, people coming in and they're, they're scared and they're alone and they found a family in this drop-in center. And it's yeah, a, that's, what was, that's what I was just going to say. It's even, it's a bigger concept than recovery. It's reconnection. It's community. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely and, you is. You know, when, when these guys come in and see that you know the community stepped up and said here man have this building here have yeah. these tables have these chairs how can we support you you know the outside community when when people in recovery see that that we're not ostracized that people believe in us that people are willing to step up and help us do this thing yeah that's big that's yeah. bigger than than just us you know five or six of us meeting in a little dark alley somewhere and talking right right because that's how I got into recovery, was going to meetings, 12-step meetings, and it was in a dark alley in the back of the building, in the basement, right? And it was like, I don't know, it was like, it was the place where uh, I was told not to go as a kid. I grew up in Chicago in a big city. Grandparents said, you know, don't don't go down the alleys. Don't don't walk in the back of the buildings. It's dangerous for you, you know, right? And then here I here I am, you know, as a young man, this is where I'm going for help. I'm going down this dark alley and I'm going, you know, and it was scary. Um, it was really scary. And, and it's like bringing this out of the shadows, getting the community involved, letting people have choice. I love it. I mean, this is yeah. really, I think it makes a, makes a huge difference. Um, I, I do too. And I think, you know, we're right on Main Street and I got, you know, big poster of together we heal with the mountains and the never alone recovery hall. And then next to that, I got all these, I got a big poster of uh, the Montana peer network and the voices of recovery 
Nice. Or Faces and Voices of Recovery poster, and you know, uh, nice. I am an ally. This is a safe zone. You know, things like that. And I, I, there's been a whole lot of people. It's where you know we got bars on all sides of us, and you know, yeah. people walk down Main Street. And so I, there's been a whole lot of times that I've been in that building, and there's been somebody at that window just reading that stuff. Yes. And I've been able to open the door and say, Hey, you want to come in and have a cup of coffee? Yeah. Talk about you know, talk about what we do here. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Our, our office is the same way, where we are one storefront off of Main Street. There's a sandwich shop next door. And in our window, we have the same thing. We got these posters, and we rotate them. And people stop, and they read them. And we started putting, we started putting statistics on there, you know, about mm-hmm. pe- people in recovery. And we switch it up. It's mental health. It's addiction. It's substance use. It's trauma. It's all kinds of stuff. And people stop and read them. And pe- I'm going to start doing that rotation thing. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's what we did. We just started rotating them. And, man, they stop and they read them. And like you said, people come in and they go, oh, you know, what do you do here? And it's a chance to dialogue and, and hand them even more literature. It's really amazing. It really is um, being on Main Street and putting it right out front and center, um, seeing a huge difference uh, previously, we didn't have an office where we could do that. And making that change a few years ago, it's like, wow, people really do. I just had, in fact, I just had a neighbor, uh, she's across across the way, she's an artist, has an art gallery, and she's moving a couple blocks away, and she came in, and she said, hey, I want to let you know I'm moving, and she said, keep up the good work. She said, you're a great neighbor. Yeah. And it was like, ah, oh, that feels so good, right? Like, That's like, it. yeah, that feels so good. Like, people recognize, like, you know, we're here, we're part of the community, we're doing something good, so. Yeah, people have dropped off, and and they wait for, you know, people to be in the room, and we see them, uh, we we know where they're coming from, but they'll come and drop off a can of coffee at the door, and then walk away, you know, and say, with a little donation note on it, and things like that, Yeah, and people, people in the meeting see this, Right. You know, they, hey, man, people are people are supporting us in here. Right. Right. They care. They care. Yeah. So, you know, I, another thing that I wanted to mention yeah. that we didn't talk about before we started recording was uh, I'm doing my capstone for so, the social work program. I'm a senior in the social work program up here. Mm-hmm. My capstone is on peer support. Mm. And that's why I'm doing a research project. And Research on rural peer support drop-in centers is really rare. Yes, uh, it's, it's, there's not a lot of it out there. Yeah. So I'm I'm doing this research project, which is really kind of groundbreaking research, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's just exploratory research, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I've announced it to everybody that comes in. You know, hey, I'm going to be keeping just checking numbers and you know things like that of yeah. how many people show up, and if you're interested. And doing an interview and doing a survey, then come see me yeah. sometime. Yeah. And so I have, there's a bunch of people that want to do interviews with me. And the, the way I've set it up is, is you know, what was this community like before this place yes. opened? Yes. So, you know, what what role does this place fill in your life? Right. How, how can we make this place better? What yeah. do you want to see in this place? Yeah. Uh, uh, that kind of information and then put it out there in the research world for, you know, other people yep. in rural areas yeah. to pick it up and go, well, hey, this is how they did it over there in Ronan. That's right. This is- Don, that's fantastic, man. That's fantastic because 
because one of the other things that we really promote is data collection in peer support programs is that it's it's important i've looked yeah. i've looked all over the internet for research yeah. to to back up what i'm doing and i find tons of research for you know uh city areas yes yes urban areas yeah not a lot i mean really rare to find just starting research on actual peer drop-in centers, peer support. In rural areas, yes. Yeah. In rural areas, it's so rare. The, uh, you know, the program that we ran um, in Bozeman for four years, the recovery coaching, that was outreach where we were, we didn't have a drop-in center, right, but we're just going out, getting referrals from law enforcement, providing support to anybody on the streets, anybody, did not matter, no cost, it's all paid for through contracts. So I wrote a white paper on that after the first 18 months because I felt like that was enough time to, to put, pull the data, put it together, you know, wrote this white paper. <clears throat> I put it out on our website and SAMHSA got interested in it. They called me, had some conversations. I did a presentation, um, uh, a national webinar. I was part of that, peer supporters working in community-based settings and just three months ago i'm on i'm on a, a networking call with other recovery organizations there's a recovery organization out of washington and the guy says to me he says jim he says i know you and i don't really know each other like i only know the name of his organization I don't, him and i don't really know each other but he goes i need to tell you your white paper i found it a couple years ago and i loved the idea and we're in Washington, we're in a rural part of Washington. We took your program, we went and got funding, and that program is now running in Washington. And he said, nice. I, I want you to know, yeah. And so when you were talking, when you were talking about this, doing this research in Ronan, that's exactly what came into my mind because you never know down the road when somebody in rural Texas, right, goes online and finds your paper and goes, wow, if they could do that in Ronan, Montana, we can do it down here in rural Texas, right? Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. And in peer with peer organizations, not being afraid of sharing that. You know, like many companies, businesses, they come on something really cool and then they don't want to share it with anybody. And I love that we're willing to do that as people in recovery, like, it's like, I want to put that out there. I want to hopefully help somebody. And man, it's like, it's amazing when that happens, when it works out that way and somebody actually tells you, hey, we did use your paper and wow, it's running. It feels so good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, and we're, we're really solution oriented. You know, yes. um, I, I, as, as somebody working in, in the addiction, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got quiet. As somebody working in the addiction services field with the drug court aspect, not not the drop-in center aspect, <clears throat> you know, I see a whole lot of treatment out there mm-hmm. and not a whole lot of success rate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we have a whole lot of evidence-based stuff that we're supposed to be doing, and not a lot of people are responding to it. We, you know, it's pretty dismal yeah. rates, actually. Um and so with this peer support stuff, you know, I, I see successes in this yeah. stuff. Yes. I see it changing people's lives. Yes. And, and so to me, it's like, 
why would why am I gonna keep focusing on this other area that's not producing these kind of results? Yeah. When when I can you know think more radical, I guess. Right. And step outside of the box and spread the love with some stuff that is working. Yes. Exactly. And that's what it is. It's that's the way I frame it in my own mind. It's stepping outside the box, right? That's what it is. It's like we know what the system looks like. We have a general idea of how it operates. We see low success rates. Let's do something different. Yeah. Let's just try it. I mean, let's try something different. And, oh, wow, lo and behold, it works. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, it works. And in most cases, these things can be done for a whole lot less money. When we talk about budgets and how much money we spend in behavioral health, we spend a ton of money for low results, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, I pay 100 and, you know, like I said, the community is helping me. So I pay really low rent. Um, I pay 150 a month, or excuse me, 150 a quarter. Mm. So I pay 50 bucks a month in rent. Wow! So wow! That, that that really helps us out, you know. Yes. But we're paying we're paying through, you know, past the hat yes. donation. Yes. Um, and so, if people in other communities can get the community to help out and and supply a place. This is costing me nothing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, I buy sodas for the refrigerator and coffee. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's the extent of what this costs. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything to do this. Right. It costs energy and time and love. Exactly. And, and how many empty storefronts are there across Montana? Yeah. Rural Montana. Yeah. There's a lot, right? Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. I hope, I hope our listeners, people who are listening, are getting fired up. Because Don is, Don is telling you the way you can do it in your community. You know, our, our members out there, you're listening, you're a person in recovery, you want to make a difference in your community. Don and myself are proof you can do it. You got to put the time, the energy, and the love into it, right? And, and in the beginning, let me say this so people don't get frustrated. In the beginning, plan on sitting there by yourself. For a whole bunch of nights. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Because, you know, it takes time to yeah. get word out. It takes time for people to see that you're consistent, that you're going to be there every night. You know, I, I sat there alone for myself a whole bunch of nights. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of other people that would help me, and they would sit there if I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, they were, they were committed to having my back on this. And, you know, today, there's never, I'm never sitting there alone. Right. These days. There's always, you know, on the, the slowest night that we have, there's four people there. Yeah. And that's that's hey, that's a good recovery group right there. That's on that, the biggest night. On the biggest night we have, there's thirty people there. Right. So right. Usually it's between seven and nine people, but you know that's that's the perfect sized group between right. seven and nine people. Right. And you only need two people to do peer support. Absolutely. I mean, even if only if it was only you and one other person, right? Because I remember those nights. I remember showing up and, and there was nobody there and there was nobody coming in and it gets discouraging. And I counted the heads and there were 22 people in that room. And I went, wow, you did it. You filled yep. up the room. Like, 
Yeah, because there are a lot of empty nights, a lot of nights where nobody shows up because, you, you know, the, the consistency being there, like you, you've got to do that because people aren't sure in the beginning. But man, once it gets going, I know my experience was once it got going, it, it, it just took on a life of its own. And it yeah. was great. And, and and word of mouth is, is huge. I, you yeah. know, I've gone out and talked to all the agencies in my area. I've talked to probation. I get people sent from probation all the time. And I just went in there during a probation staffing, and I pitched it to them. I said, look, man, this is what I'm doing over here. This can change lives. Send me your people. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the people end up being becoming, not all of them, but some of them becoming vital parts of the group. Right. They really like it because that's their place. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Don, you, you are doing just really amazing, amazing work. Um, you are just doing amazing work. And I'm looking at the time, and I'm seeing we need to start wrapping up. But before we go, one more time, give us the, the name, the location, uh, where, where, where you're at. Okay, it's the Never Alone Recovery Hall. And it's at 309B Main Street in Ronan, Montana, right across the street from the phone company. Seven days a week, you can come seven in. Days, seven days a week, basically from six to eight every night. Go see Don, because I'm telling you, this is amazing. This is really amazing. I mean, Ronan's not a big, not a big community, and you're making a huge difference. Um, it's it's incredible, and I'm and I'm guessing it won't be long before there's offshoots from what you're doing there. You know, people. I hope so. I hope we outgrow the place we're in. There you go. There you go. Keep I, I, I want to see. I want to see. You know what they did with Torch over there in in Lewistown, mm -hmm. where they're working with the youth. Right. You know, I, I I pitched it out there to people. Like, you know, I don't have time and energy to do this right now. Right. But you, you guys are interested in this. Go, you know, go become a chapter of this Young People in Recovery. Yeah, yeah, uh, yep, exactly. Uh, That's the way you do it. Young People in Recovery. You can open a chapter. And and, and you need people who want to put the time and energy in and the love. And they can do it. Because you, yeah. can't, you can't do it alone. I learned that when I started Montana's Peer Network. Can't uh, do everything. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You can't. And and what you've already done is amazing. You've changed people's lives, Don. Really, uh, you've made a difference. Um, it, it's it's amazing. And please keep up this work. This great work. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show um, and just sharing. You know. Um, your experience and what you're doing because yeah it's it, it's thank, a, thank you for having me on the show i i love talking about this stuff and i got a passion and desire in me to see this spread all over the state especially in these hard times we got coming with budget cuts and stuff it might fall on an, on these drop-in centers to be the main recovery centers around here the main place people can go very true that's very very true uh, it costs a whole lot less to operate yeah. a to operate a drop-in center, and uh, I love the you know no barriers uh, where anybody can come in and get support. So I love it. And uh, Don, man, you're just you're you're doing outstanding work. I can't say that enough, really, because it's 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 really amazing.
Well, thanks. Thank you, Don. And uh, to our listeners, please tune in again to Recovery Talks, the Spotlight Series from Montana's Peer Network, where we talk to people, uh, but people and places and programs around Montana that are making a difference in the recovery community. Thanks again. Thanks again.